The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Middle call! Middle call! Heavy! Heavy! What's up, everybody? Welcome. It's another edition of Haberman and Middle Call. And Bob Myers. And shout out to uh, our colleague, podcaster Bob Myers, who uh, is still going. His press conference is still going as we uh, as we do this Tuesday afternoon live on the two. I, I think the Light Years podcast did a study. It was either January or February. The Warriors had more podcast episodes than wins in a, in a month. So uh, that's never Between ideal. Andre, Draymond, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Andre, I, I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's one we're missing as well. Uh, Igadala and Bob both had more pods than games played for sure, right? Um, yes. Bob doesn't play games, so that was easy. You said he's done like 10 episodes, you told me. I was asking. And Bob was I, like seven minutes late, so it's like podcast time. Yeah. I, once I saw Gavin Newsom on the lineup, I, you know, if I would have been Joe, I would have been like, what, what are we doing here? I got curve. Okay. If you want to interview the players, I could see that too. Get everybody in the building. Yeah, Sean Livingston, Zaza, the G League guys, I even Adam Silver. You know, getting your good graces just in case Draymond ever gets suspended. Once you start going out, it's like what? Just, just fucking quit. Really, what he should have. I'm like, pro Bob Myers, but that's that's one of the most outrageous things in the history of sports. To be honest with you. No, I'm like fight or whatever. Just well, how about like uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr.? How about Mike Dunleavy Jr.? You know, help. Last time Mike Dunleavy Jr. was on the floor for the, like he was getting booed as a Warrior. Maybe kind of reintegrate him into public life as the Warriors GM by having him like a you know like your Evan Turner on the pod and you kind of pass the you know the microphone. Okay, Joe Lacob now is uh, swung in. Did you see? Well, if you watched any of the Heat games, you see Pat Riley sitting next to Alonzo Mourning. They just yeah, like they're yeah. tandem. Yeah. Can you imagine in that operation just being like, I'm gonna start a podcast in the middle of a season, good or bad? Like you, you might 30 win team, 60 win team, regardless of you know arrow of the squad. Just like Belichick or Saban, like yeah, we're just gonna start a pod mid season. Like would that fly? Mc, McVeigh did get, it in an off season, right? McVeigh did a pod in an off season. I'd say off season is fair game. He did the summer guy. The summer off season is fair game for coaches. For GMs, kind of off season is when you know you got work to do in the off season, right? Not only was it he had other coaches on. If if McVeigh would have been That's like, right. you know, he's having uh, George W. and then he's having you know, it's like what are we doing? He he had Mike Tomlin, Kyle yet. Shanahan, Lafleur. Yeah, just. It was Bob, you know, and I don't even blame him. Bob Myers is just not a lifer, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, I just think there are lifers, and then there are non-lifers. He didn't set out to be a general manager. This was not the end game for him when he started his post-playing career. Well, wouldn't you put him, their trajectories were different, how they landed in their GM jobs? But like John Lynch, the likelihood that John Lynch is a general manager for 20 years, like uh, Kevin Colbert, is just highly unlikely. 
I'd even put non like Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman will be the Eagles GM as long as the Lurie family will let him. He will do that up till his sixties, and then he'll go GM somebody else if there's a if something happens, or he'll fight he off said, the guy that replaces him and get the job back. One hundred percent. Yeah, John Lynch. There was a reason he seriously thought about. It's not just the money; it's the life, and why eventually. And I, I gave him a lot of credit. Maybe he has a little more of the itch than I thought. And clearly Bob does too. Basketball's a little, I would say, easier than football in terms of just time. Like the, the time you're at the office. Like I just don't even, basketball coaches aren't even at the office that much, let alone the GM. You can do a lot of work on the phone. John Lynch is just, there's just a time capsule where you just spend at the office. You have to make a lot of want to be there. daily decisions, right? In that football roster spots just change more. Well, basketball roster spots change, but. Kind of. Yeah. Not the same. A lot more injuries in football, right? Yeah. So you're just shuffling through shit. Uh, I'm not trying to act like Bob's job was easy. I'm just saying that I saw a man who's just, I support him over it. Well, you, I was with you, and you said this to me before we started, like you expected to see him in a suit. The second he came out in the uh, Amalfi Coast uh, polo wide open, uh, linen, whatever, great tan, I expected more tears. Which told me, like maybe he, like this was he is well past. Not that he's over it necessarily, but just that this decision was made, and he's good with it, and he's processed it, and he's been ready to move on for a little while, uh, which is probably the case. You know, the other thing that that organization has a lot of people who are options for next, right? Like I think Slater wrote it'll be Mike Dunleavy Jr. probably, but then there's you know Kirk Lakeup has been heavily involved, so at some point maybe it's him. Plus they've got. Uh, a whole front office that's pretty built out. This is not going to be some big change in, you know, the inner workings of the Warriors front office. So they're pretty well equipped to handle it. So maybe they've been kind of running it already a little bit with less of Bob anyway. Right. Mike then would be representing them at GM meetings and that kind of thing. So he's a pretty unique job, even in the world of general managers. Right. Like his role on this team, given how out front the owner is, given the the management of players that he obviously takes very seriously in terms of trying to form relationships with them. A lot's been made of that over his career. He even talked about it today, how the personal touch that he adds that generally GMs stay out of. My pushback on that, I would say modern day NBA, that's very in vogue. You know, like the entire league is trying to do everything to get in. He's more natural at it, like becomes legitimate yeah, I friends agree, with him. But it almost feels like a lot of other times it's just kind of you're the hand-picked guy who does what I tell you in some ways. We right? Like your j- job is just to pander to me as opposed to like tell me things I don't want to hear where it feels like Bob can kind of do that. He also got really lucky that one of the greatest players in the history of the game who would have had the juice to kind of make demands never does. Yeah. Right, so it's it's has a lot of similarities to, like, I don't know, San Antonio over the years with Duncan, where I think a lot of modern day players kind of force you to do like they get ideas, mm-hmm. the Hardens, the the Durants. Durant never had the juice here, which he has other places. Kyrie's the obviously LeBron's, but to be honest, feels pretty unique. I, I just think that you know a lot, and I don't blame them. If I had ideas as a player and I was a fifty million dollar top five player, I, I'd probably you don't think you're wrong when you force, you know, the team's hands. 
two things. One, both to your point. One, Durant probably would have had more juice with this organization if he could have. In, in another world, Lacob and Bob Myers are in charge of a team that Kevin Durant has all the juice on. But Kevin Durant wasn't going to supersede Draymond and Steph, right, with this organization. Like, at the end of the day, Bob and Joe were going to do what Steph wanted, not what KD wanted, if it ever came down to that. And then I think the other thing um, with Bob is just that Draymond, for all of the, like, management that he quote unquote that he kind of requires he played for tom Izzo, so draymond even though bob a big part of his job is was working with draymond right and like being the draymond communicator draymond was already set up to like hear unpleasant truths from people because he got coached really hard in college which is not always the case with nba stars He's a unique star, though, right? "Quote unquote" star, right? Because he's not the like whole a top thing twenty so- NBA player. Yeah, it's just I, 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 you know, Slater's been saying this forever that Bob really wants to go back to LA. He had he felt like when I saw right when he sat down at the podium, he looked like he's ready to be in Malibu or Newport Beach yesterday. I, I would be shocked if the if the moving vans hadn't come together a month or two ago. Like it's this is not. I think sometimes you get shocking news, yeah. right? Like yeah. John Lynch is named general manager. So-and-so has quit. Last year when the Celtics, when it turned out Ime Adoka was sleeping with everyone's wife in the building, right? It was like, damn, he's getting fired or he's suspended for the year. In a weird way, this is just not shocking news, right? You think it's, it's not it's shocking because been it's been leaking out? Because it's been foreshadowed? Or you think if there was no foreshadowing, this would still not be shocking? Maybe I feel like I just put the pieces of the puzzle. The moment he started a podcast guy, it was like, this guy is gone. He started a fucking podcast in the middle of the season. No one will ever start a podcast as a GM where the, where it's just like, is this guy still into it? And then continue. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> I think that was the writing on the wall. I feel pretty confident saying that. And again, if it's there's a difference of like Howie Roseman started a podcast on Eagles.com and all he does is interview very different the coaches and the play. This is no, but I have doing one for Omaha Productions. I have no idea is he going to be doing a podcast? I have no confidence that he's going to still be doing a a podcast in six months. Do you? No, me, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't even know if he's got another episode coming out. Like, I don't know if it's, I don't know when the last time he's done one, but my point is the moment he started doing one, game 25, I, I, I thought he was gone. Yeah, that was a pretty uh, a pretty big indication. But I think like the whole organization has been setting itself up for post Bob for a while now too, right? Except, did he ever change his title for, to? You know, it happens where guys Farhan's the GM, but then Farhan's the president. Scott Harris, you know, it happens. I don't, I don't like, I don't think Pat's actually the quote unquote general manager of the Heat. He's right? not. He's, he's not. Yeah. Did Bob's title ever change in that way? I don't think it did. No. Like Billy Bean hasn't been the GM, and how long? When's the last time Billy Bean was GM? That's right. David Force has been the GM forever. Yeah, that's a good point. So Bob's head, head in hand. (laughs) But Bob and Joe are running. I'm watching on mute. I think they're running material right now. (laughs) It's incredible. Uh, Marty on the stream says, "Call me uh, crazy, but I've been waiting for this pod since the Garoppolo news broke." John, you know what to do. Kill (laughs) him. You want to start there? Yeah, why not? Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Will he be at Raiders Niners uh, joint practice on August 10th? This is two straight years that come March 15th, the start of free agency, when guys get signed, traded, whatever, and have their official physical with the other team. He has not been remotely close to passing. It's one thing, hey, you know, little red flag, whatever, we're good, we'll pass you. Remotely close. Think about Jimmy in 2022. Could not pass a physical, maybe officially in mid-August, but he didn't do it till September, whatever, first. It's, we're June 1st. He's not close. He's not on the field passing a physical. People red flagged it when the Brock's going to beat him back. Who is? Brock Purdy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... It, it was pushed back. Then last week when the media was first allowed, it was like, no sign of Jimmy Garoppolo. There's Brian Hoyer. And the previous week, Devontae had done this, t- tell-all is probably the wrong way, a, an in-depth piece with a writer in the ringer and said some, I would say, uncharacteristic comments. Like, God, he's kind of pushing, he's kind of acting a little different. And actually, it kind of completely adds up. Like, we're not on the same page. He goes out to fucking practice and he sees Brian Hoyer as a starting quarterback. Say one thing for Carr, who came off the worst season, you know, one of them, I would say, since he became an established starter of his career. He was reliable. I would say Jimmy Garoppolo for any quarterback in the top 15, 16, and Jimmy's the last guy of that kind of group, has to be the least reliable of the entire group, right? Well, well, the idea that once he's back from this, if that happens in time for him to be the Raiders' opening day starter or to be back in time for the preseason – that he's going to then just play 17 weeks or 18 weeks is history tells us that's not going to happen, right? History is already repeating itself. The, the, the Niners training staff has to be going, see, it, it's not us. It's not us. It's him. They're in trouble. And if they're not in trouble, when, uh, initially they're going to be in trouble, but this is trouble right now, right? What did you, you were just telling me before we started, they already had to change this. They changed this contract. Well, he got an $11.5 million signing bonus that was revoked and transferred into just a salary. But he only gets a salary if he makes the team, which obviously if he's healthy, he's going to be a starting quarterback. But I do think this puts into play, because Florio kept writing, they, they don't, they're not even financially obligated to keep him. It's like, well, yeah, they would be royally screwed without Jimmy Gr- They have. Yeah, no I'm not financially obligated <laughs> to keep my car, but I need it. Yeah, he, they're very dependent on him. And Michael Lombardi in Florio, did you listen to Lombardi's podcast yesterday? No. His whole thing was, essentially, Mike Florio's making a big deal out of this when a ton of contracts every single year, all, every single team has these clauses in the contract that are f- physically related to previous injuries. And it's like, Mike, that's not what, no one cares about these clauses with Jimmy. It's just about you signed this quarterback, because you know him, who is hurt and who is not even remotely close to playing on top of, has a crazy injury history in a season when, I don't know how big a hockey guy you are, but the Knights are back in the finals. I, I heard last night when uh, during Game 7 of the Celtics Heat Series, Charles Barkley said, and the Golden Knights are up 4 nothing, <laughs> so they're headed to Florida. I was like, oh, okay. So they are back in the finals, which I'm pretty sure this is like the second time in three years. The Aces guy saw a tweet having a historic start to the season, defending champs. The Raiders, I think, have a chance. Mark even Davis with Jimmy Garoppolo. Aces. Golden touch. Brady does as well. Even with 
Jimmy Garoppolo, they are no guarantee to be an above 500 good team. But he does, if you tell me Jimmy Garoppolo starts 17 games, you could convince me they win 9, 10 games. Like he stabilizes a position right. for sure. Nobody would but if you that. tell me immediately he has another major injury, which is very plausible, he misses a bunch of – like they got six wins written all over him. Say what you want, Derek being bad. He was still – every single game he was playing, every single snap he was playing. Like at any moment, Jimmy can throw your whole thing out of whack. You know, we didn't believe them completely when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said the reason they were drafting Trey Lance or the reason they were drafting a quarterback was just because of Jimmy's availability. I didn't believe it, that it was just that. I actually thought it'd be kind of crazy just to make it about Jimmy's availability because it was clear you needed to find a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo was capable of being. But that was what they kept saying. Hey, we're just doing – we are drafting a quarterback this year because – Brian Hoyer as our backup isn't good enough, or quarterback X, right? Bethard, Mullins. Because that guy has to play. That guy has to play. And we just can't keep doing this all the time. And so, you know, the Raiders entering a season with this quarterback situation, whether if, if you told me Jimmy was cleared at 100% entering the season with Brian Hoyer having to play eight games this year, whatever it's going to end up being, would be crazy. It's really, and I'll give you credit for saying this to me earlier, the Niners do have a very deep quarterback room, and the Niners do scrimmage with the Raiders twice or practice with the Raiders twice before they play them in a preseason game. So, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo is not – if the Raiders right now have to be evaluating everybody's roster going, if Jimmy Garoppolo can't be our quarterback, is there another guy out there that can be? I, I think big picture, anytime – and this is going to happen this season because the pedestal Caleb has put himself on. People aren't putting it. To me, Caleb has put himself on the pedestal with his play, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like sometimes the hype, there's a hype machine. I think Tua was a product of a hype machine. And then there is Joe Burrow's senior year or what Caleb did last year. Like they just put themselves there. Mm-hmm. It's easy once you get there and he's on your team and you have the number one pick. But unless you're the Cardinals, who I think would be completely cool with bottoming out, the overwhelming majority of team to get there it gets really ugly on that plight, right? So if I told you that, if I told any Raider fan right now you could get Caleb Williams, it would clearly be worth it. But I think it would get so ugly losing all the games. And usually when you have the number one pick, there are a lot of ass kickings involved over a three or four month span. I don't know if the coach in his short period of time as a head man would have the equity to be guaranteed to fucking keep I don't think he would, John, because, you know, the Cardinals know the Cardinals have an organizational plan that now they're going to suck. And I don't blame them for not paying Hopkins 19 million, even if they wanted to be good or 16 or whatever his number was. Right. The Texans had a clear idea that they were not a good that that is not the Raiders timeline. And the reason they would be in this boat is because of the decisions that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler made. It wasn't Mark Davis wasn't pounding the table for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not what he wanted to do. No. Well, if the I, I reason Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team is because of Josh, right? I don't think Josh would survive it. Well, if I told you like Eberflus or just just pick whoever, like Coach X, this just kind of a younger coach, Dayball and Jimmy know each other. But, you know, just non-Jimmy Garoppolo connections, none of the Shanahan guys and none of the New England guys, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is their choice, Right. Just the wrists. You, you yeah. could have gone bridge. Could have could have drafted a young guy. Totally. It's it's not. It's a. It's if you're worried at all about your job security, and Josh is making a lot of money and has made a lot of money. But if this is like your only shot, 
Well, I kind of give Josh, you know, well, I think this is a, sh- this is a shot. I know. That's right? why I, said I give him kind of credit. Cause he didn't, he should have been afraid of this and he wasn't, but guys who maybe didn't have another chance be pretty risky to make, to bet your chance on Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I, I, I think they are teetering on disaster. And, and and listen, they already have a tough situation in terms of the Chiefs are a powerhouse, right? The the Chargers, I mean, were a ten win team, and I mean, in a weird way, underachieve. And it's very difficult to see the Broncos being as shitty as they were, just on the basis of the head coach upgrade. Yeah, right. Yep. Just in terms of even if they only win a couple more games, the competitive nature of the squad, the the, the standard. He will just cut you immediately. Like there is going to be short leashes for human beings there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and honestly, if Russell is just is shot, couldn't you just see him going to the pen like Stidham, whoever the you know he he won't Stidham. He, but I'm just saying he will not just let the ship go down. Right. They don't have picks. Shouldn't there? Be- it's going to be a lot more difficult. And I, I just, yeah. I mean, I I, I think Jimmy. We talk about Bob and the Warriors. I I think Jimmy is just an outlier career that you just won't see very often ever again. Also, yeah, well, you're right. Because I, I do think when you said that Kyle, when the, their big thing was this is not necessarily a play. Clearly, they they're not acting like he was a top five quarterback. But when he was healthy, we were good. We just couldn't rely on him. In fairness to that that premise, it was true. When no, Jimmy I, played for them, they saying. won. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I didn't totally agree with it, but. It was true, and it continues to bear itself out. The other thing is, on the 49ers, Garoppolo had Garoppolo already knew everybody, and he had equity. So he could do the thing where he doesn't reply to anybody's text for five weeks. Because at the end of the day, he was the best quarterback that George Kittle had played with on the 49ers. Yeah. He was the best quarterback that Debo had played with on the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan, it was he was Kyle Shanahan's best option. So if he didn't reply to Kyle's text for five weeks... They had already been on the same page. Kyle just kind of knows, oh, that's Jimmy. Are the Raiders going to say, oh, that's Jimmy? When Jimmy and his agent are like, yeah, guys, we're going to come back when we're we're going to let we're going to throw when we're ready. We're going to test when we're ready. I understood when he did it with the Niners. The Niners had shown they're out for themselves and you're out for yourself. I I, I read a lot of, uh, I think, Tafer in the athletic people that covered the Raiders wrote kind of a breakdown of the individual new clauses in the contract. A lot of it had to do with like the Raiders physician has the first right to look at, you know, it was a lot of like the contract was basically flipped from both sides had some juice, like Raiders were paying him. Jimmy had some juice to once he failed the physical Raiders control the thing. So he's, it's one of those where he lost a lot of juice when he failed that physical. But that doesn't change the way that he, no one ever, people loved him, but he got to operate a certain way on the 49ers because he had a certain amount of equity on the 49ers. Does that change a little though in life when you lose a little power? Hell yes, but does he know that? That's my point. Like, does he know that? Does he know that Devontae Adams is not waiting around for him like George Kittle was? It's it's probably a little it's predicated on his 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 relationship with Josh might be a little different than it was with Kyle just because Could he be. knew him when he was a nobody. I, I get a total assumption. I, I don't know. I don't Could know why be. you wouldn't. It's weird. I just yeah. all I know is it could have been weirder than it was. It was pretty weird with the 49ers, and in a different environment, it might have been weirder than it was with the 49ers. There are three teams now in a weird way, kind of interconnected: the Niners, the Raiders, 
and the Saints, though the Niners, whatever happens with Derek Carr doesn't really matter to the Niners. If Jimmy were to have an excellent season and the Niners quarterback situation was a problem, I don't think anyone will go, should have kept Jimmy, right? That that ship had sailed. It was yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. I do think if Jimmy's situation is a disaster and Derek, if you saw John Gruden and, and uh, Derek and the bands back together in New How Orleans. About that? If I told you that Derek has like a fringe Pro Bowl, throws 32 touchdowns, eight picks, Saints 11 and six, win the division and look like a really good team, and the Raiders are a 6-7 win team again. With Dennis that, Allen coaching the Saints, by the way. Wouldn't you say that negatively impacts the way just people are going to talk about Josh and the Raiders? 100%. <laughs> With Dennis Allen and John Gruden coaching him. <laughs> now, yeah. I, I, I'm not as confident. Like, are you confident that the Saints are going to look? You know, it's, it's hard to be confident the Saints. You know, I think Derek is a better player than he was last year, and the Saints clearly have a high floor just because they play defense. Division's uh, pretty shitty, floor, They too. just have a solid floor, huh? Baker Mayfield, you forwarded me a, something. Someone else last week forwarded oh, me a division. similar play. Yeah. I don't know if he's completing many routes on air right now in Tampa. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. I don't know what the percentage is. We need Lombardi and uh, Grant to be charting in Tampa. But. Well, they're another team that I think I think Jason Light, in theory, should be pretty good, is just trying to bottom out. They're eating a bunch of money to then be in the Caleb sweepstakes, big right. picture. They knew what they were doing when they signed Tom. Yeah. Carolina, you know, could be like a year away. And I don't even who's the other team? Tampa, Carol, Atlanta. I, I mean, who knows? Quarterbacks. Yeah, we know. No, no, we know. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> so, I, I would say that there is pressure on Derek. Like the Saints should win that division. There correct? is pressure, when and Derek's was, playing with Jameis and Jake Hayner, so it's not like there's no pressure on him either. Yeah, three quarterback league now with the party rule. It's a good football town too. <laughs> like I, I think the Saints were kind of forgotten. Like there was. I, I I was talking to somebody today who told me they were like, you ever been to Lambeau? I said, no, never been to Lambeau. But like, I was at Lambeau once against the Saints. It's like, you know, the Saints fans were really full of themselves. I was like, when was this? Ah, he was like, oh, the Saints just won a Super Bowl. I'd kind of forgotten. There was a point in time when the Saints were, you know, Sean, the whole thing. Like, they were feeling themselves. That was one of the best teams in the NFC, right? Yeah. So, it's that's a real football. That's a football town. Pro, a college football town, but it's a football town. Well, it was a double whammy, right? The team got good. And I would say their coach is pretty cocky when he's rolling. He's got a little Harbaugh brother to him. Like he's, Dennis he doesn't Allen? shy. No, Sean Payton. Oh, Sean Payton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D Dennis to me is a little bit of the, he's a little more like, even if things go well, Dennis is not really a pump your chest guy where Sean is. Sean, I mean, uh, would you say Sean's the, oh, Sean Payton's not even coaching a team. We say he's the leader in the league of kind of being the cocky. He's kind of got like a college thing going. I'm going to fucking kick your ass, even though it's the NFL and way harder to do. Yeah, I mean, more, more than John Harbaugh, right? Like you said, kind of a Harbaugh brother. He'd be the young Harbaugh. I think he'd be the youngest of the Harbaugh brothers if he was a Harbaugh brother, even though he's probably older than both those guys, right? He's yeah, kind of got he, the youngest, like, don't, don't give a shit. You know, the youngest of like three boys who's just like, Kind of maybe has the biggest personality. That's kind of his vibe. I mean, John, Day the oldest, and Jim, clearly the middle child. Dayball in one year felt himself pretty quickly. And won nine, yeah, winning nine games. <laughs> Sirianni, you'd put up there. Sirianni, but like, yeah, Sirianni, lovable. For sure. 
he, he's boisterous on the side. His press conference, he doesn't talk shit in the press conferences as much. The the sideline high fives and all that. McVeigh does it in a endearing, I think, a more endearing way, right? Because he can he can just communicate like a normal person. Kyle feels at any moment the team could just crater, like just in terms of the way he carries himself, even when they've won seven straight games. He's not Mister like on the uh, stream. Kyle has the mean streak when rolling. He's got the stank face. Yeah, he's not. He's just not. He's got he the skinny forty-two-year-old Belichick thing going. It feels like Kyle does it to prove the haters wrong. And Sean does it more to like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sean, Sean is in, Sean is an interesting vibe, and in a great way. Like we're we're lucky that he's back coaching a team, especially a team with a huge ego, huge money quarterback. Yeah. So, Dable, coach of the year, John, nine wins. It was pretty. I mean, I I thought they would have like the number one overall pick, so it was pretty incredible. It was outcome. It was Paid their quarterback fifty million. Or whatever it <laughs> yeah. was. Good luck backing that one up. 82, I think. 82? <laughs> Guaranteed total, yeah. Yeah. But this year he's making what, 45? Yeah, I mean, I... I 45, 48? That's a good question. You know, it's hard with these NFL contracts. You know, I think he got a pretty large... He's making a lot of money. Uh, He's making a lot more than their best player. That, that much I know. Yeah. Butcherbox.com slash ham. And another special deal, free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off, right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, Brock Purdy, back on schedule to throw this week. Or not back on schedule. Brock Purdy just straight up on schedule. Saw the uh, David Lombardi tweet uh, earlier. Him and uh, Dr. Meister, everything's going well. And uh, after the original surgery, the timeline said early June, he's going to start throwing. And the report is he's going to be throwing this week. That's what Lombardi said he's, is expected. Um, so that puts you right on schedule for Brock, which is unusual, right? We're just talking about Garoppolo. When it comes to that, our quarterbacks on schedule recovery times, it does not feel like it's the norm. Trey is another guy, right, that felt yep. like had a little setback with the foot last year. You know, I mean, they were surprised, not surprised, but they were happy when he was just able to be cleared. Yeah, there's been uh, some debate as to whether or not we talked about it, whether or not it was a setback or not, or just well, John, Lin- John, Lin- John Lynch said it was, you know, not an ideal situation. That's I, I right. think his yeah. words were so, okay. uh, which is ultimately irrelevant once he was quote unquote out for the season on IR. But, you know, Kyle last year had a great line that said, no one's guaranteed we all could die tomorrow. He had a line last week about Purdy that only God knows. Did you see that? <laughs> when asked if he thought that Purdy would be, you know, full go by sometime during training camp. And the one thing that's nice about this recovery, the way it was laid out at the three month mark, right? Or whatever the exact date is, could be a little less, could be a little more, is that you get an idea if he's going to be able to play this season. In terms of right. if in a month he's getting swelling, can't throw, then you just know you got a serious problem on your hands. Where I think a lot of times it's like at the five or six month mark, he can start running again. And then that's a lot of times when you find out like, oh, the knee's swelling up. Well, actually, that six month has carried so much ground that you're already out of season in any of these sports. And it, listen, it happens. I mean, there's, there is, I'm not trying to be negative because I'm rooting for him because based on what I saw last year, he was fucking awesome. There is no guarantee, right? And that's, I think, in fairness to Kyle's negativity, he is right of like, no one really knows until he starts throwing. How, what do athletes always say? How I recover. You, you never know, like, you, how your body reacts. A lot of guys hesitate and takes a while to get confident on it. So it's, it's going to be a legit process. That's one thing we'll know. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, is is there any after effect even once he's fully healthy? Is there a mental hurdle to overcome? Is his arm as strong? Remember what this offseason was going to be about, getting his arm even a little bit stronger. Um, Remember that Navarro Bowman story? Now, it's obviously his knee was snapped, but I just yeah, what it took, it took him to him, practice. Peter King wrote that it took him four hours to get ready every day, <laughs> which Navarro said wasn't totally true, but... But he was never the same. And again, I'm not comparing not. the two apples to apples, but my point is just like... You never know with injuries. Yeah. yeah. And this is one that's, I think we have a pretty good history right with baseball pitchers. Some guys, fine, keep rocking and rolling, and some guys just never quite the same. Well, Strasburg's had, what, two Tommy Johns? And they babied him, too, early in his career? Is he MIA right now with it? I don't, we're, I don't know where he is. He's, did he retire? Remember that, that, was it his first year they brought him up, and it was like he's going to pitch whatever the number was, 100 innings. And they made the playoffs, and they shut oh, yeah. him down. They, yeah, he did yeah, not yeah. pitch in the playoffs. Yeah, and you know I think he'd had a previous Tommy John, and he had another Tommy John. I don't know. Is he still a base? Is he still a? What team's he on? Quick Padres. Uh, I think he's still on the Nationals, isn't he? Oh, okay. 
Is well, Bryce, Har- Bryce Harper had it. He's back rocking and rolling, hitting bombs. That's true. A little, little different, I think, you know, for a guy that doesn't, not dependent on throwing full go, right? He still 60 has day, to throw. 60-day IL. Only 34 years old, Strasburg. Won a championship, I mean. Yeah, made a lot of coin. I heard a thing that I heard Brian Kenny ranting about it. He's like, the Nats and the Padres almost have the same record. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, currently the case, but. I would say ba- baseball records, a lot of times, like 94-win teams, when you look at their record in like early June, they, they can be like three games above 500. You know, it's, it's, it can yeah. throw you off. Nats, Nats have 23 wins. The Padres have 24 wins. It's just so different like football. It's rare like a 5-4 and four team is like the Chiefs. Like usually the best teams in the NFL are like 7-2. and two. We're in baseball. A team right now could be 31-29, and 29, and it's like they could end up being a dominant 96-win team that just rolls through the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Or the Marlins. You win some, you lose some. 20, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, You know, it's, if you're Brock, I think we've talked about this a few times from this perspective. Put yourself in Brock's shoes. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, these guys all talk like you're the starter. We all talk like you're the starter. Every, the whole situation is you're the starter. But He's been named the starter when healthy. He's been named the starter when healthy. But when you're in his shoes, you're the guy who hasn't been able to do the one thing that your livelihood most depends on for three months, which is throw a football. Then you look up and you got Trey Lance, who beat you out last year. And you got this other guy, Sam Darnold, who, you know, I, Brock was a big time recruit and a big time college football player. But the, the the quarterback room is not you're gonna when you walk into the quarterback room, it's not a room of two guys uh, with a QB coach that have just been patiently waiting for you to return so they can hand the job off to you. Yeah, and even though that is the way this thing is set up, I think if you're Brock, you probably want to get back on the field, reestablish with you know you've got all these teammates that believe in you. You, you haven't been leading them for two or three years. You let them for half a season. So I would think there's. You know, even though it's the point is like this goes back to what you said about Kyle earlier. It's easy to just sit back and assume it's all going to work itself out. But we've just watched the 49ers and we've watched sports, but the 49ers specifically quarterback situations long enough now to know that they often do not just follow the same script of what's supposed to happen happens. And I think it's safe to say that something this year bizarre is going to happen. Whatever that means, I don't I have no idea, but I mean, everyone's – and it's not just that it's an, a 49ers story or a West Coast story. I just – while we were talking, I saw uh, this just pop up in my timeline. Just Amazon Prime NFL video for whatever reason just posted, if Brock doesn't start for the Niners in week one, who should? It's a photo of Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, okay? This is May 30th at 2.03 Pacific. They just posted some just some content, right? God, Trey. I know. It's, I know. Darnold's got the hat on. Darnold, they say he's young, but this photo, <laughs> he looks like 40. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, God, he, he looks he looks good there. He looks, looks pretty natural. There is there's no way around it. I, I saw Jeremy Fowler, you know, if like Schefter, Rap Sheet, like those guys are, you know, your starters. Right, like I mean, if you had like a just a sweet baseball team, they'd be like your one like a championship two. level lineup. You're saying, yeah, I'm just saying like a team that you're batting seventh. No, I'm saying like your starting pitchers, like you just oh, okay. your horses. Okay. Yeah, Jeremy Fowler, 
feels like just a really good guy out of the bullpen who's just got some nuggets. You know, and he has it every once in a while he'll have nuggets on all these different teams. Like a setup guy who makes the all-star team, kinda. Exactly. Just someone that like really Bochi'd love him, licking his lips to get him on the Rangers so they can make okay, a run. So he's he's just he has said multiple times the offseason about like the Sam Darnold double down. The, the, the leaks is the wrong way to put it. I, I just think it's well known. They think very, very highly of him. They, they really do. And I, I think it's We've used a lot of like Wiseman with Trey Lance. Do you know what might be a good comp for Darnold? Might be the Wiggins thing, where it's like the Warriors, I'm telling you, we get this guy with us, we can make him a championship level guy. And then boom, they win the championship. He's our second best player. And I think the I think the 49ers think that listen, you guys can talk all the shit you want about him, but we think listen, is he gonna be you know, a number three overall pick when the dust settle? Probably not, right? Is he gonna be Mahomes or Josh Allen? But we think, fuck, if we can win like that with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's physically more gifted than him. He's definitely more mobile. He's got every bit the arm, right? Now, Jimmy's quick release on some of the slants. And Jimmy had some innate, you know, there was a toughness to him that I, I, I think you really have to watch a player to, like, feel their toughness. I'm not saying Sam's not tough, but I do respect, like, Jimmy would, you go to war with Jimmy. Yeah. He might go down in the game, but, like, you felt like you go to in the trenches with him. You know, Sam's got a – he just hasn't been in many of those like, hey, Sam, this is two seven and two teams. Like, this game matters a lot. He just, in fairness to him, hasn't been in any of those games except last year kind of to win the division as an under 500 team. Wasn't quite the same, but they did lose a game late in the season, which cost him, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the Wiggins comp. I, it, you know, Wiggins, I just looked, averaged like 20 points a game three times before he became a Warrior, right? He was a better player than Sam. Um, Easier to average points on 15, 20-win teams in the NBA. My point is like, this, I guess what, what do points this way, really equate to? If you said at that point of his career, you could bet on Andrew Wiggins or Sam Darnold, I'd have bet on Andrew Wiggins. He also played more than Sam has played. But I don't. I don't hate it. You just. It's. I'm trying to think of a better one, and I can't right now. So I, I'll roll with that. Like, there's something to that. Um, I wonder if Wiggins would have had more believers in him at the time that the Warriors got him than Sam Darnold has right now. Like, does that do does half the I league really believe in Sam Darnold, or is it just the Niners that really believe in Sam? Darnold? I think again, part of it was money. Wiggins was viewed as pretty untouchable with this contract. Remember, he made a lot of money when the Warriors acquired him, and people thought, like, he is nowhere near this. Yeah. I'm with you on Sam. I don't think a lot of people, his market showed. I mean, they got him, even if he, quote unquote, like someone would have offered him four or five million, and he took the Niners three million. That does show you, like, he was, no one's like, hey, can you be our bridge quarterback? Like, did, he, did Sam Darnold turn down, like, a one year, $15 million offer for this opportunity? Probably not. Right. I, but, but here's the other parallel on your point. Part of the reason you would have bet on Wiggins is the same reason you would have bet on Darnold, which is where they are. Like Darnold, you bet on him more here than if he's on the Bears right now. You bet on him more with Shanahan. You bet on him more with the team that he has around him. In the same way that Wiggins was like, Wiggins, he's going to go play with Steph and Draymond and Clay, and he doesn't have to be the number, whatever, what was he, two, three? He doesn't have to be that level of guy, right? To your point, Sam Darnold doesn't have to be. Yeah, what pick was Wiggins? I'm pretty sure he's the number one overall. Oh, number one. <laughs> you don't have to be that, you know, and that's your point on Darnold. Same thing. 
doesn't have to be the number three overall pick. Can he be a second round type quarterback? The same yeah. was said for Trey. Like, can Trey be a second round quarterback? One hundred percent. And that's you know, Trey's throwing motion did look different. I'll, I'm going to go see it on Wednesday, so I'll report back. I'll take some videos. It looked um, more compact, but it's also on air. Yeah, I, I do think the golf swing parallels. I think you've heard batters talk about this. You can make adjustments with a coach, slow, on-air, non-game stuff, and muscle memory. Like, is this just something, if that's changed forever, I'm much more intrigued with what Trey's bringing to the table. Just he's got a more compact release. You are. Well, just, like, it's easier to play when you have a more compact release. Now, does that mean he's more accurate? Does that mean the ball doesn't flutter as much as it did in the air? Because that was one problem last year, right? A little inaccurate in practice, and I would say the tight spiral was not really his thing. Mm-hmm. I and didn't feel cool. like the arm strength totally translated to the like no. throwability of the ball. But doesn't that sometimes? I, I but don't pretend to be some mechanics master. But if you just look at baseball, a lot of people say that you can throw a little harder when you master the mechanics. Like when your mechanics are a little off or your release a little loopy. It doesn't guarantee you throw any harder. The spiral goes any faster. I mean, what does Peyton Manning call his like a wounded uh something a duck, you know, a a wobbly a wobbly wounded, spiral. A wounded, oh, oh, I uh yeah, what does he call it? Is it a wobbly like a wo- spiral? Something like that. You do yeah, not yeah. need Philip Rivers didn't throw a tight spiral. Being throwing a tight spiral, accuracy to me is the most important thing. Arm strength, weak, strong, spiral, non-spiral, like is the ball hitting the guy? in the vicinity where you need to hit them. Because if you do that, you can function in the NFL. If you're inaccurate, arm strength, spiral, all that stuff, then we kind of have to, like, obviously if you're inaccurate, I like a little stronger arm because it's harder to intercept and you can throw deep balls, but it's hard to be an inaccurate guy with a weak arm. You throw a very interceptable ball. You know, right? if you're – yeah. If you, this is the other thing. If you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt, one thing he said last week was, the you know, the, like, I'm having fun again. And you kind of, I think people kind of, you kind of laugh at that at first, but he said he didn't really finally get healthy until March. He had the preseason injury, the finger injury in 2022 or 2021, right? And then obviously coming off of the injury last year. And so, you know, the way he describes it, he's really healthy for the first time in a couple of years now because that finger injury lingered in 2021. And then he gets hurt at the beginning of 2022. So if you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt, you'd say he has not had a really healthy – it's part of being a Niners quarterback, I guess, but it's he has not really been fully healthy for an extended period of time, especially if you are you know, overcompensating for the finger injury with your throwing motion, and that can create a chain reaction that's a problem. That's, that's, that, that's potentially legit. I don't know how much it really will apply here. We're going to find out. But that is not an illegitimate thing, right? He hit his finger on somebody's helmet, and that affected his ability to throw the football. That's legit. Yeah. You can't grab the football. That's a legitimate injury. It happened to Jimmy with his thumb, right? Remember the flutter and I think, Tennessee Thursday night game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the worst passes of his career. Right. And it turns out he had a fucked up thumb. So, yeah. I mean, I. what I wonder is, do the 49ers truly come into this backup competition <laughs> – open-minded they're saying all the right things but we know that words to me in i would say in any walk of life football any business you're in mean absolutely nothing actions mean everything do they truly believe it's just open-minded we'll just let the best man win or is there 
a staggered belief coming into this thing? Have they already? And sometimes the way athletics work, you could argue this also any walk of life, that whoever you're around more, you get more positive or negative vibe from them just because you've been around them and the newcomer, you want them to be better than they actually are or are more optimistic, not even rightfully so. Like you just want, you hope they'll replace the other person? Exactly. So you see the best? Yeah. You know, the other thing is, what did Kyle Shanahan think? Did Kyle Shanahan Shanahan and John Lynch think like, if we could just clean up these mechanics for Lance and just get that release a little quicker, that's going to change everything. Is that what they thought? If that's what they think, then they are more likely to view his more his new mechanics as very, very promising. If they're like, yeah, you know, his mechanics were not the issue. His mecha- it was more about his comfort running, his ability to run the offense, his ability to identify the open receiver. You know? I mean, the mechanics are easy for us to identify. We're not in the meeting, so we just watch the mechanics. We watch him play the game, but... What if Kyle didn't think the mechanics were a big deal? What if Kyle's attitude was what you said about Manning and Rivers? Like, yeah, you know, we can live with the mechanics. We drafted him with these mechanics, so we're not overly worried about that. Because, you know, what Kyle always, always emphasizes is the – anytime anyone asks him about mechanics, what does Kyle Shanahan say? Footwork. He doesn't talk about loopy releases. He talks about footwork all the time, right? Now, those things can go hand in hand, and as you said, I'm not a mechanic either. Um, but you know, we don't, I don't know what he thought. Did Kyle think that the throwing motion was the missing link between Trey Lance and greatness? I I would say that the most important thing, Kyle Shanahan's offense, because he gives you so many layup throws, even more than running around would be accuracy, right? Like he would have liked, like, I'm pretty, I, I, I'm adamant that the, the, the statue quarterback is dead. And that is partly because they don't really exist in college football anymore because no one wants those guys in high school. Everything is just movement-wise. The best athletes now, instead of playing positions, are now playing quarterback. Uh, RIP, I was thinking about this when uh, the news about Vita Blue passed away with in the last month. Remember me and you were in the green room and he was talking about growing up in Louisiana and LSU, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what's crazy? Didn't he, say, didn't he tell us Bear Bryant recruited him? No fucking chance that you're not playing college football in 2000. Vita Blue in 2023, senior in high school right now, the elite athlete, baseball, football. Honestly, maybe he does both. Like, does he go to LSU yeah. and do both? Yeah. You know, I think or, LSU or has a guy doing both right now. Yeah, the guy all the SEC schools do. I mean, remember Ole Miss? Their D-tackle was like their cleanup hitter last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just... That's right, that guy. It's it, it just... The, but, but that is reflective of the best athletes. And back then, right, I think, all those teams were running like the wing T. Can you imagine Vida like being the you know yeah. running quarterback? I think Vida told us that, right? <laughs> yeah. So that he also said he didn't really want to go to Alabama. Do you remember that? Uh, no. Not the school to stay. I think he was like, I don't know. I I don't know if that was for me to go play college football. I think that part he said kind of. <laughs> I think he made the right choice. Yeah, he did make the right <laughs> choice. He was an ass. I mean, and he was even in his. You know, I haven't seen him for a few years, but. We used to see him all the time, and man, he was – you could tell he was an athlete. Hold on, John's fixing headphone swap. What a, You're like an F1 driver. That was like a three-second swap right there. Well, because it's happened to me before, and I don't know why, but whenever I see people doing that, how does it never get clicked off? Doing what? 
use so many people use the AirPods. AirPods. I don't know. That's why I don't do it because it's you've been you do it effectively, or I guess until now. But I know I feel like anytime I touch any other iPad, computer, phone, it just switches, and it, I, I have that turned off, and it still does it. I, I clicked it off on my phone and my iPad. Maybe anyway. the TVs. I don't. You just you can never risk it. So yeah, I mean it's it's a positive definitely. With the have you seen motion. Cal's quarterback? Cal football, who you know has had like Chase Garbers was athletic, but you know the Jared Goff Raider quarterback as well. Raider quarterback, they got this guy from TCU who's just a running machine. Max Duggan's backup. Yeah, uh, I think he was the third string quarterback, not the backup. So what are the, what are they transitioning their offense? Yeah, they got Jake Spavadol, who was there once before. It was like a oh, big so offensive going a guy. Little spread, going a little mobile court. Sam Jackson the. Fifth or the fourth, Sam Jackson's the guy's name, which is kind of cool. But he's not very big. I mean, small for a quarterback. He's going to be their starting quarterback? Yeah, he's the locked-in transfer from TCU starting quarterback. I've seen a lot of – I saw a mock draft the other day, one of those way-too-earlys. There is going to be a ton of uh, Michael Penix buzz coming into the season. I I, I was surprised. Were you surprised? I don't remember that he didn't just come out and get drafted in the – First or second round this year? Yeah, just because the injury, there's just no guarantee. You were not surprised because of the injury history. One thing I, I read, uh, there's like an anonymous scout on Twitter and him and like Jim Nagy basically oh, saying his, that. What's that account? Uh, I think it's like the Angry Scout or something. Oh, <laughs> the, uh, remember, again. Blake Corum returned to school last year. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things just around the scouting community. Well, off, is a, like, off an injury, right? Yeah, like uh, third, four. Like if you're not like a lock top 40, 50 pick in the league at running back, you make so much. At, like Blake Quorum's value to the Michigan program, like a million bucks, whatever it is, right? We're in the NFL. Blake Quorum could be like a fifth round pick and get cut and be a practice squad guy. Yeah. So his value is higher in the pros. Where I think as a quarterback, still more than likely Penix, high character people would like him. Let's just say he goes pick 68. Well, if Washington's paying him, he's making seven figures, and it's like, bro, you could go come back, have another season like that. You go top 15. Yeah, and I've heard he is making over a mil. So, yeah. Would you see uh, – who's Missouri? And, and as long as he's healthy, he's going to – he led the nation in passing this year. So if he's healthy, he'll put Are up there, numbers. A lot of returning guys – Everybody is basically everybody's back at Washington. It's incredible how many guys are back at Washington. Their coaching the staff's returning, correct? I mean, they're going to be good. The, the OC, almost, you know, Alabama tried to hire him. He stayed. They replaced some guys on their offensive line, but they still have like mo- their line is back. Like even the guys that are new played a bunch last year. All their receivers are back. I mean, are they a preseason they top 15? Run- yeah. They added a running back from South Carolina who's supposed to be good. They have a good run game. They're they play, they play the Michigan? Back. Or is that over? State, at Michigan State. So, fuck, who knows? I mean, they might not even be good anymore. They might kill them. They might, yeah. That, uh, what was that? Oh, Dershowitz? Is that Missouri's coach? Drinkwitz? Drinkwitz. Did you see his quote today? No. SEC <laughs> meetings are going on, so he messed up. He said, he said, the amount of guys, so I, I, I'm going to fuck this up, but something about, about the amount of money these guys are making in NIL. He's like, my brother-in-law is a, is a pediatrician and he saves lives and these guys all make more than him. <laughs> yeah, well, so do you, Eli. You make more than <laughs> That's him. That's what someone said. He's like, you make $6 million a year. <laughs> what are you talking about? You make so much more than him. 
So I, I, I do think that the uh, the NIL historically, I think a lot like Blake Corum, Penix, you just go. I do think it's changed the game a little bit that way. Well, I think it's I. It's funny people fought it off for so long, and it's actually better for college football and. And definitely, I think college college football always had guys locked in for three years at least. Yeah, Caleb Williams is coming back with NIL this year, whether or not it existed. Yeah, basketball is different. You could just one and done it. And I, had, I somebody made the point. I remember during the basketball season, like there's really not a market anywhere for true big men. It's not only in the NBA, but Europe doesn't really use them. The pro European leagues don't really. Are they more them. like spread shoot like uh, yeah. FIBA? Yeah. So, like, you're well, who's the big guy at Iowa? Oh, right? or Drew Timmy? <laughs> like, those guys don't have anywhere to leave to. Like, they are staying. Yeah. And then on top of that, like, you can just come back instead of didn't being Purdue didn't Purdue have a really big guy? That's what I meant. Per- yeah, Purdue. Who was the big, big like seven? Yeah, because they, they got knocked out as the one. Remember, right. and they That's had right. the big center. Yeah. So, like, it's really it helps college basketball. It definitely helps college football in that way. And Michael Penix is not bad. If Michael Penix didn't have NIL, he would just be in the NFL as whatever, a really good, you know, fourth round, pick, third round. Pick. I, I think it wouldn't, wouldn't Bo, wouldn't Bo Nix have gone round. as well. I mean, as a guy, that yeah, Bo Nix a hundred percent would have gone. He finally, he hit it and it's like, just go. Yeah. Bo Nix, another good example. So. Which everyone um, wins. The NFL doesn't need these guys. College still does. It's just, Saturday, Sundays. Are Jimmy Garoppolo sweet. gets another $10 million contract. <laughs> yeah, it's just everyone wins in this. Everybody scenario. wins. And it's better for the NFL when these guys come in, when Michael Penix comes in after two years of everybody. Oh, actually, it's been more than two years. You know, he beat Ohio State in Indiana, so everyone knew who he was already, had a take on him. Yeah. People have had a take on Bo Nix because he started at Auburn. Caleb Williams, everybody. But these guys are going to come in out of the league with multiple years. If, if Drake May didn't have to stay in college, would he have just come out? in this last draft and been would he have been drafted ahead of one of the yeah uh, yeah yeah okay so it's you know so college already has it. he well, wouldn't it. caleb as well right caleb caleb as well so the nfl really benefits from that because their guys come in as ready-made stars everybody knows that they are one well, look and think of like i wouldn't put north carolina on usc but north carolina with drake may they will be on espn or abc all the, if they're decent, all their they're games. supposed to find out. I think like today, tomorrow, they're supposed to be the first three weeks of college football kind of times, and you know. Do you think games. North Carolina would be a relatively big draw next year Absolutely. with a star quarterback? And they got you know they got a star coach. I do Who, think with Penix, they play early. When didn't they play Oregon? Was that on Friday night when they beat the, when they beat them? And Penix had an unreal game. I'm pretty sure it was a Friday night ESPN game. If it was, it was like the only Friday night game in the league. That's what I'm saying. Year. So yeah. every GM watched that. It's like everyone. They definitely watched me against Michigan State. Oh, I guess that was, I see what you're saying, though. That was a standalone yeah, game. Yeah, I'm saying that there was a, remember, because I, I played golf this weekend with an Oregon guy, and he's like, people forget, like, we were kind of back in the playoff mix. They were. And that game, Penix fucking went nuts. He's just throwing. He throws like a Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson. His deep ball, maybe it's part of the Beautiful. lefty. It is just, oh. I mean, you give that to Purdy. I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes. You give that to Michael Block, you got Roy McElroy. <laughs> exactly. He was 26 of 35 for 408 in that game, Penix. Pretty sure the game was at Oregon, too. Game was at Oregon. Uh, they won on a walk Uh, Yeah, they won because they won back to back weeks on like base. Basically, not true walk-off field goals, but game-winning kicks. 
35 seconds left. So he threw, God, he threw a, he threw a 62 yard touchdown with three minutes left to tie the game. They obviously get a stop, get the ball back and then kick a game winning field goal. Uh, good player. Who's the coach's name? Dan Lanning, Kalen DeBoer. Yeah. DeBoer's dude's pretty good. Good coach. Yeah, he just they would have been in the playoff. They got their butt kicked by UCLA and ASU back to back weeks. I think transfer portal has taken college football to another level. People people in the league can or can complain about it and suck. I think it's added a level of interest to like I'm not saying NFL wise, but to me it's I love college football 32 of my 38 years of life. Like ever since yeah. I've been watching I think it's made it sweeter. I think I think it's helped College football is getting less regional by the year, and it's, you know, one day we'll just have one big college football conference or whatever. But the regionalization of college football means that if you're a West Coast fan, you might not know all the quarterbacks in the SEC. If you're a Big Ten fan, you might not know all the quarterbacks in the ACC or vice versa. But then when SEC quarterback goes to the Pac-12, Pac-12 quarterback goes to LSU, all of a sudden everyone's got to take on Jaden Daniels, right? Uh, in the Big Ten quarterback goes to Washington. Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels are play for eight different teams combined between the two of them. Like you just know who all these guys are, and it's really easy all of a sudden. All I heard going into like Oregon's year last year, there was all this just SEC talk about we think Bonix isn't good, Bonix isn't good, right? And he hadn't been. And the same for like Jaden Daniels, ah, he's not that good. And then LSU's like, nah, he's pretty damn good. So and then when you, I think the thing that really gets it going is if you get guys transfer within the same league, like yeah. that's awesome. And that's the thing the coaches would hate the most, but that is awesome. Right. Cause that was historically a rule, right? Some conferences had, no you'd have league. to sit out like a uh, extra year almost if you transferred within your league. Right. Yeah. And now there, there are no rules with without waivers. Correct. So you get one free transfer as an undergraduate. And then once you graduate, you can you know, you've been able to grad transfer for a while. So some guys will transfer twice without sitting out if they undergraduate free year. But like, if you're a freshman, you transfer, don't sit out. You're a sophomore, you transfer again. Now you have to sit out here. So you just graduate after two and a half years. And now you're, you're I think transferring, I used to think it was stupid. I, I, I actually think it, I was watching the uh, college golf. Yeah. Pepperdine won the Natty two years ago. Their star player is now on North Carolina. It's like it's not just. I think it's happening in every sport. Like everyone, yeah. But most sports, most sports already allowed free transferring for a long time. Oh, it was just I don't know exactly basketball. which, but like ten years ago, I think like women's soccer, you could just do whatever you wanted. So it was mainly football, basketball. Yeah, men's and women's basketball, football. I don't know that. I don't know if there was any restriction in like baseball. I don't know if that existed. Pretty rare, right? There's like I'll just go to junior college and get drafted. Exactly. Different mentality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think most sports you could just do it. Just no one ever paid attention to like immediate eligibility in volleyball. Well, I was texting someone. I was like, you know, Kayla Martin was the, on that team that put Muss on the map to get right. him back in the big time. And I didn't realize he didn't. I just thought, you know, he's, he's probably from like L.A., just went to Reno. No, he fucking transferred from NC State. Yeah, and his other brother, were, I think both brothers transferred from two different places, didn't they? Yeah, so it was a package deal. Muss had him. Well, well, they were both good. Remember, they were his two best players. Yeah. So which one is on the heat? Caleb? Caleb. And Kobe, I think, is the other one. Kobe? Martin? I, I thought I read that the Kobe. other brother was already there. Okay, but. maybe he was. So Cody came from NC State. Maybe they came together then. Yeah, because Caleb came from NC State for sure. 
So they both came from NC State. <laughs> but they were both good. Like they were. Yeah. Y'all's thoughts on Cam Ward from Washington State. Remember last year, the hype was like, is this going to be it? Remember Lane, Lane Kiffin wanted them. It was like, is this going to be a first round pick? Didn't Where's have a great now? year. He's still at Washington State. Didn't have a great year. Didn't have a terrible year, but definitely did not meet expectations at all. They hired, remember their OC, their OC who came with him left to become a head coach. Where? Or, or maybe become a yeah, become a head coach. I don't remember where that guy went. That um, was a guy from. You're saying that guy came from Incarnate Word with Cam with Ward. him, and now he left. Yeah. Their their new OC is this guy from, uh, not Western Michigan. His name is Ben Arbuckle. He's from like that like that type of school. Yeah, Southern Arkansas. No, they had the number one. They had the number two passing offense in the league last year. Is Ward a lock to be the their starting quarterback? He is, yeah. I've asked about that. Uh, a buddy of mine is up there. He's like, yeah, he's a lock. There was a time when he thought he may not be, but. but he is a guy, and this is where, like, to me, he's a good example of a lot of people are very intrigued by Western him. Kentucky. This guy they got was the OC at Western Kentucky. And they've and they been throwing it around the yard forever. Yeah, they were top passing offense in the country. To me, like, he's going to be a very, very, int- like, the scouts are all going, like, Bo Nix, Penix is like, are these guys legit top five, top ten picks or whatever? Especially Penix, but even Bo. Like, is Bo a fringe first rounder? To me, it's like, Ward had a lot of hype, played himself out of the hype, but he's just one of those guys that everyone's locked into. Like, what's he look like this year? He's mm-hmm. got a lot to gain back, I think. Yeah, yeah. Part of the hype is just his athleticism, tools. his physicality. He hadn't played. He played like small high school football in Texas where they never threw the football, and that's how he ended up at Incarnate Word because they never – I, I, I had a league exec last year that was just doing summer football, right, just watching, you know, the prospects. Mm-hmm and watched some incarnate word because of him, you know, potential quarterbacks throughout the country, and was like, God, this guy, because he was really good there. Now, clearly, it's like, it's a little lancy. It's, it's, it's North Dakota State's better than them, but you know what I mean. It's, who are they playing? It's not like, you watch Penix, you watch him against NFL players, like he's throwing against the fucking corner that go, the Belichick drafts in the first round. Like, you know what it looks like. There's a lot of, you're more watching traits, Trey Lance, Wentz, him. When you watch guys at smaller schools, like does he have the size? Does he have the arm? You, then you go to Washington State. Well, it's like, well, how does he look against like Oregon and Utah, right? And not pretty, right? Yeah, yeah. And does he break? You know, I think part of it was he had a bunch of habits that felt like left over from when he could just athletically beat everybody. Yeah, I think he did make some plays early in the season against Wisconsin, and it turns out Wisconsin was bad, right? Well, he made some plays. He made... Didn't they beat Wisconsin, like, like, in the first month of the season? They did beat Wisconsin. They ran the ball well that day. They weren't great, but their defense played well. Oh, yeah, because it was, like, 19-17. to Wisconsin didn't have a great offense, but they won the game. He made a bunch of, like, the... He would do the, like, run all over the place and try to make a play, and sometimes he would, and sometimes he'd throw a pick or get sacked, so... You know, it was about it's about like trying to fi- just be a little more disciplined. They, you know what, you know what's they crazy? had the lead against Oregon and blew. He threw like a pick six to a defensive end. I don't know if you remember that. Lead against Oregon, weren't they up like twenty? Yeah, they were kicking their butt. <laughs> you know what I was thinking that in this doesn't happen as much in the NFL. It's like a aggregate of your season or a couple seasons in college football. Like for Washington State to beat Wisconsin, whether they're a four-win team or a nine-win team, it was such a big deal. Yet if you're on the other end of that, it's like, this is not tolerable. You're already on the fence. You're, you're going to be fired. You're probably not going to make it through the season. Like two weeks later, he's done. Like yeah. that's the breaking point. 
So it's like you, the one moment for the one team, even if you're both power five, you're not supposed to win this game. That gets like you a contract extension. And the other guy, if he's on the fence, like uh, he's fucked. Well, I'll tell you, there's two games week one and two, both of Coach Prime's games. Like Sonny Dykes, TCU, it's big noon kickoff week one. But none of those guys are you can swing one way on the hot seat, right? It's true. But if you're Matt Rule and you just came from the NFL week two, the coach is Nebraska. Huh? You're saying, can you lose to Prime? Yeah, and the answer is yes. Of course you can. You might. But... Sonny lost a lot of people. Like, TCU could be worse. 100%. Yeah, there's no question. And Sonny, you're right. You get you go to the national championship at TCU. You've got some equity now. But that would be a humongous win for Colorado if they can get one of those two games. What do you send on this? Like, do you think Colorado can go 500? Uh, I has to be really tough. The 10 of their 12 receivers, scholarship receivers, are arriving in the summer. It feels like Dion kicks people out like every portal, right? <laughs> like, you see who just got guys, added? Lose guys. Ads guys, lose guys. You see who he just got? His kid? His kid, Shiloh. But where was his kid? Jackson State. He had to graduate, I guess, before he could transfer. But oh, okay. I guess he okay. might, like, he's like a borderline starting safety for them. For Colorado. Yeah, for Colorado. Dion's son, the quarterback, if he's really good, they could be really good on offense, right? I right now the the like general thought is that they should be able to score points. Like like Sean Lewis, the OC, was the head coach at Kent State. You know, we'll see what their offensive line is, but they should have good. They got this running back from Houston, who's really good. Holgerson did not want to lose him. Um, Alton McCaskill or something like that. Um, they, what if Travis Hunter is just like you know a top ten level talent? Like what could have been at Alabama level good, right? Yeah, that's a huge impact. Right. Big impact. Yeah. No, I think people think they're going to be able to score points. But doesn't he play DB too? He does. But he spent all the spring playing receiver. And then the other DB is Cormani McLean, who was like one of the top cornerback in this class. What if they're just shutting dudes down? Yeah, people might just run on them. (laughs) They might just catch them. (laughs) I don't, you know, it's a lot of turnover. So we'll see. But his guy, his DC was like on Saban's staff, Charles Kelly. Alabama primes. Yeah. Primes DC. He was a quality control guy. He was not. Yeah. I don't know if he was the, was he the defensive analyst or something? No. Well, I think he was a position. I, you don't think he was, I'm pretty sure he was like quality control analyst or something. Not that that man. I mean, he could have been between jobs. Yeah. So he came on. So he'd been, Associate DC, yeah, who I don't know. Graduated from Auburn. You, you, at the end of the day, you need like part of the reason Utah's good on defense, they always got NFL guys. I mean, you, you need some bodies. They have the deepest like, defensive lines in the history. Like, of why has USC been bad on defense? Because they've had like one NFL guy the last couple of years. You know, it's like you just yeah. you need the bodies. Yeah. They got the guy from uh Georgia, Bear. You see him Instagram his uh condo? <laughs> no. <laughs> Pretty nice. Yeah, it just overlooks L.A. I mean, again, like, I, I'm sorry, SC, like, you guys have been doing that since Pete. Like, I, NIL doesn't really phase you on that. <laughs> Look cool, yeah. Yeah, now the guys just put it on IG. Yeah, it's like, what do you, th- you think he was living in some shack in Georgia? Well, if we could, like, retroactively get Reggie Bush's Instagram account from 2005. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> 
right, Reggie and Matt Leinart were at the same Heisman Trophy ceremony. Think about that. Those guys won the Heisman back-to-back years. Beside, like, they would have made more money than they were actually getting, their lives were cooler because they didn't have to worry. Like, Caleb can't just do anything. Like, TMZ could take a picture of him, you know? Oh, yeah. You're saying public figure better. I'm saying Matt Leinart and Reggie had it better than those guys because they didn't have to think twice about doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Do you think if you were... Reggie Bush in 04, there was a version of accessibility to uh, people, DMs, what DMs are now. Do you think you could still get in touch with people that, like Michael Yes, Jordan, there's I a secret people. rich famous thing that, that they all were a part of. Yeah, okay, yeah. So there was, you, DMs are for, they always had a version of DMs. Yeah, it's like the chicks were just waiting at your door. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They just knew the address somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's- I mean, honestly, I swear to God, if the NBA would just give me a game broadcast, that's just a camera that is just constantly scanning the first five rows of like the Miami Heat crowd. That would really be I would watch that version of the NBA game. I mean, God, the NBA just had a coach get fired because he slept with everyone that was married, you know, the wives of all. Right. You know, who who does he former player? You know, I mean, it's just. There's a lot of sex in the NBA. A lot of sex. <laughs> All right. On that note. <laughs> sex on. NFL's like, us too. <laughs> uh, soccer. And then there's soccer. Sex and soccer. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.